Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Hi, this is Keith Williams with the Skill Stadium Podcast, and I am so excited to have my next guest. He is an electrician, and this is what you're going to learn on this episode. You are going to learn about the profession of of being an electrician, what it takes to be successful, the process of how you become an electrician, the things you can do to stand out when you are applying for a job, which I think is very important for any job seeker out there. So, But you're going to hear the perspective from somebody who hires people, and I think that that's very important. So. Let me introduce my next guest. He is a master electrician, a prefab manager, a project manager. He grew up in Lake Ellensnore, California, where he attended Lake Ellensnore's California High School. He started his career at a small company called ME Electric. He is a proud father of four children, husband to an awesome wife and deacon at his local church. He's an electrical instructor for apprenticeship program, which means he really knows how to help and develop people who are going into this profession. Very important. He got his current job through networking within within the electrical community. And during his free time, he enjoys woodworking and tinkering and instructing. Please welcome Donald Metcalf to the Skill Stadium podcast. Donald, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, Keith. I'm doing, man, I'm doing great. I'm doing super, super good. And I'm uh, pr- pretty proud and honored to be uh, to be able to spend some time with you and, uh, and, and talk about uh, our trade. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Don, you know, what I'm really excited about is Don is pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, when I'm putting posts up, I usually see him responding and I see him, you know, giving good input. So this is something that Don is, I would say you're pretty, you have some passion and interest. Would I be correct in saying that? Oh, ab- absolutely not. Uh, I, I do have huge, huge passion for electrical trade in general, but more, more than that, and, and hoping that we can touch on it here during our conversation is that uh, just getting to pass it along to the next, the next level of of electricians coming coming up to the trade. Super important to be able to to teach, to train, um, and get these uh, guys and gals going in the going in the right direction. Excellent, excellent. And one of the reasons, again, why I why Don and I are talking is Don is going to talk real world experience, not theory. And I think that that is critical for anybody listening to this podcast, particularly somebody who's interested in this profession. Let's talk a little bit about your background, Don. What kind of child were you growing up and how did that influence your career path? I was always, uh, I was always just a super active kid, kind of, kind of really nerdy, but didn't, you know, would, would tinker with things, uh, but didn't have, um, uh, you know, any kind of desire to go into the trades until a job just happened to fall into my lap. And then I was literally at that job for a day or two. And I just knew, man, this is it. This is it, you know, and and, and took it from there and off off we went. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it aligned with some of your strengths and um, and skill sets, your God-given talent. You know, ag- agreed. It was just, I, I like to be able to, to work with things uh, with, with my hands. And, and that was always a big that was always a big uh, plus to, to be able to know how to do 
do things just by the the act of doing it, the getting there and doing it. And, you know, God bless me with, with, with two hands uh, and a desire to create and the ability to just create things with my hands. Uh, and and I, I couldn't ask for more. And, and Don, I know that, you know, you're somebody who mentors and helps young people. Did you have a mentor or someone that had a strong influence? You started your career? Uh, I did. I did, believe it or not. Uh, his name was Jeff Stua. I had known Jeff, um, gosh, since I was a kid, super young. He was actually my brother's, my older brother's best friend. He's the one that actually got me my first uh, electrical job uh, and had a huge, huge impact on who I am today as, as far as the trades go. Excellent. Excellent. Don, um, you know, I, I really think that young people should, you know, as they're going into this profession, should really think about, you know, having somebody to mentor them or help and guide them. And uh, you can't underestimate the value of that. I'm going to have to totally agree with you on that one. And and part of the reason I say that is when I was uh, when I came up through the trades, you know, which would have been early, uh, early in the 90s, uh, early and mid 90s, we had the way the job sites and just the way that the whole trade itself was set up. You know, you were usually paired with uh, a journeyman, a lead man, and that, that was your guy. That's who you went to work with, and you you learned you learned how he did things and how he wanted you to do do things. And then you know if you went to the next job, you may or may not have been with that guy. And if you you weren't, if you were, you you know you kind of built on what they had talked about with you last time. And if you weren't, okay, then you learned the way that this guy wants things done. Sooner or later, you know you're going to take little snippets of everybody's that you've worked under and had been mentored and taught with. And that becomes now the way that you do things. And that's mm-hmm. the way that you now teach down to those other people coming up, right? This is the way, the, the way that I want things done. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, so, so it is super important to have, to have mentor because it's, it's not going to, these, the guys and gals are not going to be able to teach themselves. You have to have somebody show you how to do things and instruct you. Uh, you can't just roll out of the womb being just a wicked, awesome electrician. You've got, you've got to learn. Definitely. Definitely. Is, is there any advice you'd give to people approaching someone to be a mentor? Is there a way that they can do it? Uh, what advice would you give to help someone? You know, nowadays we have a huge added bonus uh, bonuses that we didn't have um, when I was coming up via um, social media. That that's a that's a huge. It can be a huge tool in knowing that you know you could go visit on on LinkedIn. Um, there are several different platforms. You know, you can just type. You know, get to start looking by you know just electrical, and it'll kind of self generate. Uh, and you can find folks to help you out. Uh, help you out there. There's all kinds of electrical forums. Um, I, I belong to, to several of them that you can find just generally on the internet where you can kind of bounce questions off uh, and you have means that you have a larger pool, a larger pool to fish in, in instead of just, you know, a one-on-one with somebody. If it's on social media, you know, you're putting it out there one time and it can get, you know, thousands, thousands of responses and, you know, one set of eyes is great. Two sets of eyes is better. But man, if you could have, you know, a hundred set of eyes, man, you can look at things at different angles that you didn't even think possible. And wow, you know what? You're absolutely right. So I do think it's more valuable the more quantity you have. I agree. That makes sense, Don. The other thing I might add to that is if you have some good questions to ask on those on those forums, maybe even jump on a Facebook group page. People will answer your questions. I also think when you're young, 
people are more willing to help you out. I, you know, I know I'm a seasoned guy too. And, you know, I, I've been in business for a number of years, but when I see somebody who's young and trying to figure things out, I'm, I'm more willing to help them because I don't know about you, Don, but it's not every day we have somebody who's young approach us needing help. It, it's, it doesn't happen that often. So when we see somebody who's young, who's taking initiative, I think, I think most people are willing to help. Maybe I'm an optimist, but I just, I feel like the world we live in, people will give you, they'll give you a little bit more leeway when you're a little bit more willing to help you. Uh, I, I agree with that, you know, because, because the young generation, I mean, they, they, they have gotten kind of a bad stigma with, you know, just some of the, they can say, you know, entitlement or, or things of that nature and they're quiet. You know, the, the, the newer kids are generally quiet, kind of stick to themselves. But if, if they show, at least if you show interest and they, they want their act coming at you to ask you a question, then you know that they're kind of at least bought in to what you're, what you're trying to sell. And I, I think it's huge. I mean, if someone, you know, my sons come up to me and ask me, hey, what about, you know, X? Man, well, okay. So that means you're at least thinking about it enough to have questions and you're coming instead of just Googling it or whatever, you're actually using the old school train of thought. I'm going to use my resources and I'm yes. going to use my small circle to find out first and then we can expand and go from there. Excellent. No, I agree. I agree. There's no substitute from learning from somebody who has experience. I, I, I don't know a better way than learning from somebody who's done it. You know, uh, that that's absolutely true. I mean, we have, we do again have the benefits of, of social media and, and looking at uh, platforms, you know, TikTok, YouTube, the mm -hmm. tons of them that, that can show you and break it down as to, okay, th this is, if you were going to do, you know, project Y, this is how you would go. And, but to be able to snuggle up next to somebody and sit there, okay, and we're going to have we're going to have one of those things there and we're going to take it apart and I'm going to show you, and we're going to talk about all the pieces in real time next to each other. You can't, there, there's, there are substitutes for, but nothing will beat that. That that's just the perfect way of doing it. So if you get that opportunity to have some actual physical one-on-one -on -one time with somebody, take them up on it. Definitely. You know, Hey, thinking back to when, you know, you first started in this profession, you know, I want you to give advice to somebody who's just getting into this profession. What would you say was one of the hardest things about the job that you experienced? Man, um, that's a good question. We had, there are lots of, lots of things and not knowing, I mean, I kind of stumbled into the trade, uh, just literally stumbled, stumbled into it, but ask questions. I mean, just, just ask questions. If you scholastically, you know, I would say that, uh, in all the, in all the construction trades, math is huge. So any, anything that you can get to kind of bolster your math skills are going to, it's going to pay dividends. I mean, uh, in, in, you know, framing or carpentry or any of the trades, really, we do use a lot of geometry, just, uh, you know, the right triangles, right angles, because that's how we, we build, typically build things. But then electrically wise, you can get into, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of trig, trigonometry that that's involved from bending common do it. You can bend when using trig, complex angles, algebra, you know, for stuff that's not it, looking for trying to find values for unknowns based upon some knowns so algebra is huge so definitely definitely math is uh, is is huge mm -hmm. and if i can say one more the more the more ability you have to public speak the better off you're going to be i mean i am like deathly afraid of public speaking i it is like just oh i do not want to talk <laughs> you know you know one on one okay i'm okay yeah. you know maybe a couple of people not a big deal sure. So, man, I've been on job sites, you know, where, where I've got, you know, 120 guys underneath me and I have to address them all and I'm terrified. So 
I have gotten not over it because it's it's still a big deal, but I've gotten much more comfortable with it just by doing it over sure. and over and over. So get used, I would say, get used to to having conversations uh, with people. That, that that's another another thing I would say is that get get used to talking to people and and collaborating and working together and standing up in in front of large numbers of people to talk. Don, I think that's the biggest fear amongst most people is public speaking. Yeah, I, I've I've heard so many stories where people have, where people have said they fear that more than anything. So I tell you what, it's you just <laughs> ugh, ugh, and I don't know why. I mean, you would think, you know, 30 years deep into it, I would ah, it's no big deal. But even still to this day, if I'm not if I'm not totally prepared and and have gone over the material I'm trying to get across and 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 have everything just so I, I'm still terrified. E- even when I teach my students, uh, it, it, you know, for our apprenticeship program, I, I still everything has to be just so. And if it, everything's just so, and, and I'm okay, I don't have an issue. But man, they start to derail that train. Whoa, look out! Yikes! <laughs> and it's you know what it is. I feel like it's having so many eyes on you. It's just everybody watching your every move. That's what I think scares people about public. Just kind of as I'm thinking in my head, because I do fear of public speaking too. And, and I think it's the eyes on you, everybody looking at you. It, it is. And, and there's, there's kind of something that goes along with that. Uh, in addition to having, you know, that, the quantity of eyes looking at you, if, if you're, if you're the SME that you're having, you know, to have a, that particular conversation about you're the subject matter, matter expert, and they expect you to have the answers. And for the most part, you, you probably do have the answers. But if if something just kind of off the cuff comes where you don't know exactly the answer, I, I think that that is something that kind of gets gets you that anxiety uh, up in you about it, that look, okay, they're asking me X, and man, I don't know about X. I can give you A through W, X, Y, and Z. Okay, I didn't exactly know about that. But one of the one of the things you have to remember is that even though that may be a fear that causes you anxiety, you don't have to have all the answers right now, Johnny, on the spot. Right. I've learned uh, over the course of my 30 years of doing it, it's my responsibility as said leader to have the answers. If I don't have it in my head currently, then it's my job to go find them. Now, I, I can't. I don't want to leave you hanging there for you know days or hours on end, but if you ask me something and Okay, if I have the answer, I'll give it to you right then and there. If I don't, I'm going to look at you and tell you that, hey, look, man, I don't have the answer for that, but I'm going to go check on it right now. So go check on it, get the answers, and then come back and give it back to them. True. You know, and people respect that honesty and integrity because, you know, some people might try and, you know, lie or take a guess at it. I think people respect you for being honest and, and uh, at least be someone who's willing to go figure it out or learn. And absolutely. You know, our, 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 the NEC, the national electric code that drives the, the electrical industry is, is a, is a, is a huge document. I mean, it's, you know, eight or 900 pages long. I can't, there's no way I can memorize that book. I mean, maybe some people can, mm-hmm. I am not one of those guys. So mm-hmm. I, I may know where it's at in the book, but I can certainly go, if you ask me a question that's that's code based, I might have to go dig it up, but then I'm going to bring the back at code book back to you and we will have a conversation about, OK, here's what I found. This is what it is. Here it is. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's more important that you know how to apply it to the work. At least if you, could, if you can find out where the information is, then that'll as long as you can find the information, you can already go and apply it to the work you're doing. And that's really what counts. And absolutely, you know. Again, as as we as we come through our, our trade, and you're coming up through the electrical trade. You know, at the at the, about the four year mark, you know, you will be kind of really expected to go take your journeyman's exam. It's as part of the, the the rising ladder as it comes, and 
the answers are in that code book. You just need to learn how to navigate it, figure out where they're at, make yourself some notes to kind of help you, assist you in figuring out where things are. And then everything's in in the book. I mean, it's there. You just have to know where it's at. And, and that just comes with practice and experience. Now, you know, you're in a position to hire people. You're in a leadership position. Can you give some advice for candidates who are interested in getting a job at your company? What can they do to stand out and increase their chances of getting hired? Well, first and foremost, First impressions are are usually it. So if you're going to come in for an interview, dress decent. You don't need to come in in a tuxedo or nothing like that or a suit and tie, but have on a decent, clean pair of pants, a shirt that looks pretty nice, you know, without any file language or anything like that on it. Just just look the part. Look the look the professional part. I mean, we're we're professional electricians. You know, we get we get paid to to do what we do. So look look the part of being a professional. You know, have you know, just, just have all your stuff in order to where at least you look the part when you first roll in there. And then just be honest. If you don't have the experience, like you'd said earlier, don't fib about it. If you don't know what we're talking about, you know, hey, I just I've never I've never done that before. Oh, oh OK. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's that's something we can work on. We'll get there eventually. But if if you don't know, don't say that, you know, and then and then try to BS me down the road into the, oh, I was just just to get the job. I was just kidding. You know, it's like, no, nah, don't yeah. don't do that. Just be, be honest up front. I agree. I agree. I think that's the worst thing you can do because I tell you, I talk to a lot of business owners and hiring managers, and one of the most important things people say is integrity. You've got to be able to trust people. I, and I know as a business person, I'll sometimes hire somebody to do work for me. And if they lie to me, that's it. I'm not going to deal with them because it, it's so avoidable. Like, you know, we can... I can work with just about anything, but if you're dishonest and most things come to light anyways, <laughs> you know, so you're better off just being honest and upfront. Absolutely. I mean, we're going to, like you just said, we're going to find out about it sooner or later. If if you don't know how to do something, just tell me, man, I don't know how to do that. There's so many aspects of let's just take electrical work. There's so many aspects and different avenues you can take and different things you can do within the trade as a whole. I, you can't expect everybody to do all of it. There, there's there's no way. And if they if somebody had done all of it or close to all of it, then chances are they're going to be a business owner and they're going to be doing it for themselves anyway. So if, ma'am, if you don't know how to, you know, run EMT pipe, if you've never done it before, eh, tell me you ain't done it before. Okay, well, then we'll show you how to do it and we'll build on that and go from there. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, another thing too, you know, there are companies now that are putting an emphasis on developing people and training people. So, you know, Learning your deficiencies also helps the company to help you get up to speed, I would say. Uh, you got it. You know, if we we generally, we typically tend to not do things as sole individuals. We like to do things in teams just because it makes, A, it makes the work a lot easier with more sets of hands. And then B, you know, from a safety standpoint, makes it a lot safer with more people present. So you need to need to be able to build upon your team, but not everybody can be a rock star within that team at every single thing. So as a manager or as a leader, you learn who is good at what, okay? And if you're yes. not good at any at one particular task, then when I, I, I do want you to go into that task because I do want you to learn. There's no other way to learn other than doing it, but I'm going to pair you up with somebody that does know the task reasonably well. So you can kind of learn from someone who has some knowledge about it. And then sooner or later, you're going to be proficient at it and you can go about it on your own. Excellent. So, you know, um, I know that you're on LinkedIn and I know, you know, you didn't grow up with social media. You know, you and I probably came up around the same time, just from what you told me about starting your career in the early 90s. How has 
social media affected trade? Uh, well, you can, it has affected it both positively and both negatively. So negatively, it, it's just kind of a thing. We just need to get past it. Social media is great. You know, YouTube and, and, and Facebook and LinkedIn, everything like that's fine, but it's got its time and place. You're paid to do a job at work. Stay off your phone or your tablet at work. You know, you've, you've got your own personal time during the workday, break time, lunch time. Fine. Knock yourself out. But while you're at work, focus on work. So that's really about the most negative thing. The positive things, I feel, completely outweigh it. There are so many things you can look at. Greenly, um, a manufacturer of electrical um, tools, and, and they, they run the gamut of lots of lots of different tools. And they have, on some of their newer, larger tools, they have QR codes, quick read codes. If you yes. take your phone or your tablet up to that QR code and, and snap it on there, it will open up a user manual on how to work it. So, man, think about how, think about how cool that is. Now, instead of having to read a paper manual uh, or something of that nature or not having to have the information on how a particular tool works, I can come up there with my phone snap the QR and have it right there on my fingertips, being able to, to to look and see how the piece of equipment operates. Or if I run into an issue, uh, like we we're talking earlier with forums, I get my apprentices um, and, and other coworkers and just different folks. I, I get pictures throughout the course of the day that look, hey, I ran into this. What do you think? What should I do here? What's the best way? What is this? I've never seen this before. Man, super, super valuable. You don't have to wait. You can almost have stuff instantaneous in your hands. It's super, super cool. Super cool. Yeah. I also think for people, you know, a lot of people are visual learners. I do, you know, some people learn well in a classroom. God bless them. That's their skill set and talented. But I think a lot of people learn well when they see it and you show it to them, you know? So I think that that's a huge advantage and people are already familiar with the technology. So I think it's great when you say that, you know, they, they can just pull up a code and boom, they're seeing the part and how it works. Uh, that's that's pretty well, awesome. There, and, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, there's lots of, of construction management software out there uh, where I work. We, we actually got onto one. It's called eSub. You can use it for lots of different things. But part of part of eSub's platform is to be able is document management. So you can keep all your drawings on the cloud. You know, you kind of upload it. So if the, the foreman or the superintendent on out there on the job site, you know, we issue our guys tablets and they can actually go and see as they're walking around in the field, they can actually see the drawings. So they're not stuck back in the trailer or a guy's not having to drag around a 30 by 42 sheet of paper. He can actually bring it up on the tablet. So in real time, you can sit and have a conversation with the, the job runner and the person who's actually doing the task. And show them what they're talking about. It's super, super handy. A good place to keep all of your your RFIs and your change orders and your the submittal information, so you know what you're building electronically. So you don't have to pack it around. It's just that's using that's using you know technology to your advantage in a good way, I think. And and that's what I think a lot of the new uh, guys and gals coming up in the trades have the ability. Uh, to be able to harness that information, man, it's super good, super good. Excellent. Would you say that that's more exclusive to your company or is that pretty general in the industry? Oh, that, that's definitely general industry. Technology-wise, the construction industry has traditionally been a bit bit behind the rest of the known world. But I've kind of been watching it hard the last, you know, five, six years. And, and we've really 
really kind of got on board and embraced the uh, the technology um, that we have available to us now and really started running away with it. I mean, there are our programs, mostly in your bigger venues, uh, but they design via BIM. You can get, you know, 3D drawings and to be able to put all the different trades in a 3D platform to where everybody can look at it and move things around. You can see stuff from different angles, almost like you're being there, but you don't have to be there, you know? So the guy sitting in, you know, the manager maybe in the office or the the detailer in the office can actually look at something in a 3D a 3D format to be able to see, okay, if I run this here, oh man, it's going to hit something. We don't want that, you know, and then, then yeah. shift gears and, and move it a little bit. Man, that's that's awesome to be able to do that. No, no, I get that. That makes perfect sense. I, I could definitely see that. Now, you know, there's a skills gap. It's getting worse. And, you know, you have a lot of workers who are starting to retire in a few years. How do we close that gap? How do we get more young people in the skill trades? There's the magic question. The we have when I was in, in you know I was born in '73, so coming up when when I was younger, it was all about okay, you're going to school. You're the whole generation. You're going to college. College. And, and man, there is nothing wrong with college. I'm here to tell you, we all need doctors and lawyers. Uh, those folks are needed, but all the cogs in the wheel are needed. Somebody still needs to keep the lights on, the water flowing buildings built, we all, we're all needed. So we need to get away more from that college is the only option. And the one of the biggest ways I think that we can accomplish that is is through, like when I was in school, we had shop class, we had auto, auto mm-hmm. shop or just general shop classes. I think that was a huge, that was huge to be able to teach kids in the impressionable years, not Everything that you need to go, but you start to immerse them in a in a different world other than just on college. So I, I think the more that we can do that to start to grab these kids early, or even let's look at uh, job fairs. You know, most most places have job fairs. You know, uh, at their at their high school for those those kids, so they can kind of figure out, get a rough idea about what they want to do in life and where they want to go. Um, man, there's nothing wrong with setting up, you know, tables in there and having. Folks talk about, you know, electricity or framing or even, I mean, I'm talking trim carpentry work and painting, the stuff that makes buildings look fancy. Come on, mm-hmm. get the kids interested oh, yeah. about it early to where they can see, man, there is other stuff out there. There is other stuff in just college. Yeah. I also think that if they understood the type of money they could make and the little time it takes versus four-year college understand the return on investment, I think that that would entice young people even more. And to understand that the skill trades is very different from what some people think. Like you said, for example, you have to be really good at math. A lot of people would not know that. There's a lot of technology involved in the skill trades. A lot of young people don't know that. I, I think it's really just educating people and then also getting the parents on board because the parents to me, have a huge influence on their kids. And I, I think you got to win the parents. I mean, I don't know what your take is on that. No, I, and I, I agree with that. You can look at, you know, we're, we'll just throw some arbitrary numbers out there. So if, if you went to school, you want a four-year education, let's just say it's, oh, I don't I don't know. Let, let's just say it's, it's $10,000 a year, right? Your four-year yes. education. So at the end of your four years, you're going to come out you have a you have a diploma in I don't know, archaeology, and and that's great, but you're forty thousand dollars in the hole. 
you've got what you, you or your folks or somebody has to pay back. And then now yes. you've got to find a job in archaeology, which there isn't I just and that was just kind of a random, random thing. But they're, they're, it's not like they're all a ton of them out there. Flip side of the sure. coin, you come into the skilled trades, come into the skilled trades. Day one, I'm going to be making money. End of yes. four years. Okay, we typically in in the Waco area where where I live, you know, journeyman journeyman electricians somewhere in the neck of the woods of twenty three to twenty six bucks an hour. So call wow. it twenty twenty five dollars an hour. Do do the mm-hmm. math on that. How much money are you making a year? A thousand dollars a week. Okay, fifty two yeah. grand a year, yeah. and I don't have to pay anything back. And I've been making money the whole time while I've been in there doing it. I I, I don't I don't see how you, you how you couldn't. I don't see how that is not a viable option. And you could always go back to school later if you want to do any other courses. And you probably make enough money that you can pay for it. Or some companies I've heard even pay for people to get education that is now relevant to what they're doing. So now when you're going back, you're educating yourself on things that are relevant for your profession that will obviously increase your earning potential. Absolutely. I mean, look at it this way. I mean, if there's, you know, an electrician and they, they've they've gotten up to the journey level, spend a few years in the field, the thought is that hopefully one day they're going to transition into management. So yes. if they take that that experience that they've learned the past four, six, 10, whatever years that they were in the field, applying it to a managerial position, you're still doing the work. You're just assisting the guys and gals who are literally turning wrenches. You're just coming at it at a different angle. And if you can get sure. your the corporation that, that you work for, that they give incentives or send you to school or reimbursement or just encourage you to go, absolutely. You can take some evening classes. You take some management classes, uh, you, you know, and, and again, um, on, we're talking about online stuff. There are so many avenues and stuff that you can do online. I mean, it's it's all it's virtually endless. Mm-hmm. Hey, Don, I know you're at Namir Electric. Can you share great crop, you know, can you share the the benefits of working at your company? What makes your company? Well, our company is, we are probably the largest or the second to largest in the Waco venue. So that's, we, we do have that. So we're one of the bigger ones established, been in business since the, the early 70s, but it's still, it's family owned and family run. And it you still have that close, tight knit Ability to work with with folks. You, everybody generally knows everybody. You're not just a number. So that's one of the coolest things about working here is that it, everybody is. We all know each other, and and it really feels like family. And, and that man, that's that's awesome because I've worked for some of the larger corporations to where yeah, I mean that that's that's great. You know, money's great and technology and tools and all those things, but you feel like a number. Which, I mean, is okay for some people if you're that kind of person that you're okay like that. I mean, that's, that's, that's great. Not going to take anything away from that, but, but I like to feel a little more, you know, home and homey with it. You know, if I walking down a hallway and I happen to see the, the, the corporation owner, I can have a conversation with him. I don't have to feel like I shouldn't be talking to him. You know, we, we can talk about, you know, what it did over the weekend or how the grandkids are, things like that. You can't, man, you can't put a price tag on that. Oh, I agree. I agree. A hundred percent. Access is so, is so critical. And it just says a lot about the culture of your company. If you're telling me that you can have a conversation with the owner of your company, just walking down the hallway, that says something about the culture of your company. And, and you already said it's a big company. So that's kind of unique that it's a big company, but yet it's very personalized. 
that's kind of my take. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and that, it, it's kind of like the perfect storm, the perfect storm between between both of them. Uh, I, I love it, man. And good good people here. Uh, everyone's really just concerned about coming together and working as a group for the end, the end user is is our goal to make them happy and build them a product that they're happy with, not just doing something just to go through the motions of doing it. But man, we're going to do it the right way. We're going to do it the right way and, and not and not just just dollars and cents. Sure. Also want to ask, are you guys hiring? Because I always like to, you know, if you're hiring, I want to promote it. Yes, we're, we're, we're always hiring. We're coming into traditionally now is really the time uh, in the construction industry where things start to pick up because schools, schools kind of have, you know, really let out for the summer. Uh, so any work that you're going to do on on elementary schools, high schools, colleges, now is the time when most of those places are performing the work, and we're always we're always really busy. We we are also uh, here at Nemer. Um, we're blessed with with being a full service division twenty six, twenty seven, and twenty eight contracting. And so instead of it being just an electrical contractor, we also do data communications, um, audio visual, and then fire alarm, burglar uh, security cameras. So, so we have the we have the ability to to work on more than one front. And, and that is that has made us usually always really, really busy, which is which is a good problem yeah. to have. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And I also think with the uh, with coming out of the pandemic, I think businesses start to rip and roar now. You can see travels come back from Memorial Day. I don't know if you've been watching the news, but it, things are coming back. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you're seeing it. I got to believe you're seeing it. You know, we we absolutely are. We were we were again super blessed with when uh, when that pandemic hit. We electrically wise, electricians were considered a uh, you know one of those. Um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Ah, there we go, essential workers. So we didn't really see. Yeah a downturn in work that bad as as much as it did in other in other careers and other spots uh, of the of the world really so we were pretty blessed with that and we've been able to keep it uh, basically foot on the gas pedal and now i mean if things are as you said are starting to come back man we're we're hitting it running it's good good definitely hey don can you share a lesson final question here before we wrap up say goodbye can you share a lesson that you've learned one lesson that you think can help someone new coming into your profession. Uh, I, you know, I'd say the big thing is just to, to watch, learn. You're going to be taught just a multitude of things. Watch, learn, pay attention, take notes. If you can, I'm a big scrupulous note taker, take notes. And then kind of coupled with that, be patient with yourself. Some of the, some of the biggest things I've seen the old adage, you know, that we are our own, uh, our own biggest critic that absolutely comes into play. So we're generally a lot harder on ourselves than anyone else is going to be on us. But man, have some patience with yourself. You're not going to learn how to do something just by doing it once. It's going to be repetitive, 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 and eventually you're going to pick it up. So have have some patience with yourself. Settle in for the long haul. And, and and just focus and pay attention to what you're doing just to be the best that you can be. Great advice, Don. Great advice. Don. Do you want to share any links or websites on how people could find you or your company? Oh, absolutely. Uh, if they go onto the internet, uh, you can find us at www.nemerelectric.com. That's N-E-M-M-E-R electric.com. That, that is our website. It's actually a pretty cool website. They've got lots of cool photos on there and lots of cool descriptions about the stuff that uh, the stuff that we do. You can, if, if anyone's on LinkedIn, they want to look me up. Uh, it is just uh, Donnie Metcalf. 
they can fire that in there. They can, they can, uh, you know, look, look me up. I, I generally typically tend to take, uh, all people who request, request to be able to follow just, just because the, the more people we have, the more we can follow. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I would be glad to be, uh, just a stepping stone in somebody's journey. If I can help someone along the way, absolutely. It, that, that's what we're all should be here for. Don, thank you so much, folks. If you're listening, Don is a great resource. He will definitely respond to you. If you're interested in a career in the electrical industry, his company's hiring. Feel free to reach out to him. Don, thank you so much for your time today. And I wish you a fantastic day. Keith, you as well. I appreciate you having me on. That's uh, It's been super cool. Thank you, Don. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.